let's get started. All right, welcome back to another episode of Brian's Podcast. Today, I'm joined with a special guest, Fred Chosh. Fred, how would you like to um, introduce yourself to your audience? Hey, how's it going? Um, Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I work with Brian in the the lab. I'm, I'm a PhD student here at Penn State. Nice, man. So why did you come back to, why did you come to Penn State for the PhD? What made you want to do that? Uh, yeah, I think there's a lot of reasons. I mean, um, like you said, I had worked uh, at the time. I was working at, um, at Bosch in Michigan, and I was like a software engineer. And I don't know. I just felt like, you know, if I, if I waited any longer, it was probably going to be a little too late, right? I didn't want to mm. be going back in my 30s. Um, yeah, yeah. What were you we doing? Had... What were you doing as a software engineer? Yeah, so I was a, I guess technically I was a, I was a test engineer, so... Um, we worked on General Motors, so they had the the car got released. I think last year the the, the new Corvette, the the mid engine Corvette. So I was mm. the I was the main calibrator for the the brake system for that. So it's it was kind of cool actually. It was like the first car that GM sold that had a, a brake by wire system. So I was basically the the guinea pig for that to Dang. all the software and, and coordinate with you know, all the different groups in, in Bosch. So um, you used to be a big baller. And what made you want to decide? Why did you, like, how does it compare to your life now? I already kind of asked you this question as like a, just like a test question, but like how, yeah, what, what's your opinion of this life compared to what you were doing before? It's, uh, it's definitely a lot different. I mean, it's a lot, a lot quieter. I was used to traveling, you know, like, hundred hundred some days a year so i haven't traveled at all in the past uh what four yeah. or five months outside of just right, going back right. to like home so that's been a huge shift for me um but i don't know it's been interesting i mean it's learning a lot of stuff which is nice i mean what's it called when i kind of the reason why i uh i left was i mean so the, the, the corvette that launched last year and we've been working on it for four or five years yeah and so it was sort of like I don't know. It was, it was the end of a end of an era a little bit. Um, I see. I see. Because you kind of got used mm. to. I mean, it was cool, you know, when you got to kind of be the first person to do stuff and you got to do a lot of the research. Um, that was really, yeah. you know, I really liked that part. Like, I don't know. Probably like the best day of work I think I had was. Uh, I don't know how familiar you are with uh, brake fade, but but basically, if you use your brakes a lot, like at high speeds, it heats up the brakes, and eventually you can boil brake fluid, and it's just big safety problem huh. so uh this is we had this break by wire system and i think we were in some meeting one day and someone said hey like what happens when you know you get you know brake fluid boils like how does the system behave and we said we all kind of looked at each other and we're like i don't know yeah. so uh so we rented out um so the michigan international speedway so the the nascar track in michigan we rented uh, that yes, out and yes. we just we just took the car up as fast as we could, slammed the brakes a bunch of times, and took data and just kind of found out what happens when you when you melt the brakes. Yeah, that's and sick, it was, dude. Uh, it was interesting because you know you, you literally had no idea what was gonna happen. And it was just like, oh, let's go fuck it, let's go test it, let's see what happens. So, what are you doing with your research now? Totally, totally different. Um, actually, actually, it's really not that different than what I love doing in some sense. So, I do um, mesh network. Um, Basically, we're, we're trying to figure out like a, a secure network for, for different sensors to kind of talk to each other over over long distances in a, a kind of efficient mm. and cheap way and secure way. So it's using um, 
low, low power, um, low, low data rate um, protocol and, yeah. and a mesh network so that nodes can kind of piggyback signals across to each other and sort of send data. Is the PhD program kind of what you expected when you're coming in, like before you came in? Um, yeah, I think so. I mean, maybe I wasn't totally sure what I was, it was going to be. I mean, this is definitely more, it's, it's, it's open-ended, which I like a lot, you know, yeah, it's, yeah. it's actually, if anything, it's, it's kind of similar to, it's more similar to kind of what I worked than what I was doing than I guess okay, I, yeah. I thought it would be. I mean, cause I mean, it's like, you had, you know, I work at your main project, but I, I had, you know, always had little side projects and stuff I worked on where it was a little more open and, and that's kind of how this feels. It's just sort of, you know, yeah. you figure out what you think is a good solution and what you think is, is kind of worthwhile and you just right, kind of go right. for it, which, which is what I like. I mean, that's, that's kind of why I came back. Right. Cause I, I liked that aspect of just you know, more freedom and you just kind of like, you get to, you know, you get to decide kind of what you think is going to be valid and useful and then you just kind of go for it. And, and that's why I came back. Cause I wanted to, I mean, long term, nice. that's, that's, that's what I want to do is just kind of, I don't know. I like, I like the idea of kind of, you know, if, have been in a position where you can kind of just you know you can do pick your own hours and kind of decide which direction right. you want to work on and like what you know what interests you and just kind of go for it which, yeah that that freedom for sure yeah which i think i mean to me that's kind of probably the most important thing so what do you do outside of your research like what what hobbies do you have when you're not doing research like what's your go-to my hobby i mean it depends on the year i like i like mountain biking a lot i got i got really big into that so Mm. I've been, I mean, around here, it's, I've been looking for, for good trails in Michigan. There was a ton, so it was, it was really easy, but so I do, I mountain bike a lot. I'll go, I'll go fishing sometimes. Um, there's like some reservoirs around here. I'll go to, I like hiking. I guess, okay. I don't know, just in general, just not staring at a computer screen. <laughs> yeah. I Outdoors. try to take, I try to take breaks away from like my work, but usually it ends up being like me on YouTube for a couple hours or something yeah. like that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty bad. It's tough nowadays. I mean, well, especially now when everything's, everything's work from home, but like, I yeah, mean, man. if, if, if you want to go buy stuff, you just buy it on Amazon. Like everything is, is online, which is, it's really right. convenient, but. <laughs> yeah, dude. Are you worried about that? Like I, I was a little worried about just kind of like how technology is growing and how I'm an electrical engineer. And I was just like, maybe this is not for me. But I haven't um, really been feeling like that anymore. But how do you feel about that? I, I worry about it sometimes. I mean, I mean, I, I think it's. I definitely kind of go out of my way sometimes to like, like if I if I need to go like do stuff like like some of my errands or buy stuff, like I'll just I'll go downtown, even though it's kind of deliberately out of the way. It's mm. like just to kind of support it because I don't yeah, want that yeah. kind of stuff to go away. Right. Um, I mean, as far as electrical engineering part goes, I mean, I think. I think the key really is just like, you know, cause I don't want to be kind of just sitting in an office all day staring at a computer screen either, but yeah, I think that's why if you could do more like application stuff where you're actually like doing testing, um, right. you can definitely avoid it. I mean, in my old job, I never, I never sat at a desk. I, I think I had a desk and I, I'd use it maybe once a month to like fill out like <laughs> expense reports. Cause most of the time you're just kind of out in the cars or talking to customers or working with the technicians. So there's yeah. definitely ways to, to avoid it i think and that's that's i try to do it it's tough sometimes it's tough now especially now right where was your favorite place to travel when you were working with the um, testing breaks 
and cars? Uh, we used to go to, I don't know if you're, so there's a racetrack in Germany called the, the Nürburgring. I think you've told me about it before, but yeah, that place is, elaborate on that. What What's so great about it? That place is really cool. It's, I mean, it's normally when we, when we go to racetracks, um, General Motors or whoever would just, they rent out the track. So it's just, it's just you guys, you know, just your group there doing testing. But um, at the Nürburgring, it's, you just rent out like t- time slots. And so like, there's multiple manufacturers all testing at the same time. The track is 22 kilometers. So I don't know what's that 11 miles. So it's, it's this really, really mm. long track. And I mean, you'll be out there and there'll be Ferraris and Porsches and, you know, Japanese uh. companies and the Korean companies. And so it's just, you kind of get to see like everybody else doing their testing and their engineering at the same time. And oh, word. There's like, there's the one big parking lot that you kind of park in to look at data or whatever and so or you know when you're waiting around for the car come back in so you can just sit there and you know have conversations with you know people from literally anywhere in the world you know yeah they're all working on the same stuff you are so it's kind of yeah that's that's that cool yeah where it's you know for how different we are yeah nice little place to get together and yeah so it's for how different we are and (laughs) we're all kind of the same the the most funny ones are you know you talk to some of the, the german engineers and they're like, yeah. oh, America is like, you know, because we're there, and, you know, <laughs> Germany is this, you know, this foreign place, this exciting place. And, you know, they talk to us about America like it's some foreign exciting place. And it's, yeah, dude, that's sick. It's, yeah, wow. it's different perspective, right? Like, yeah. You know, everywhere that, you know, where you live is this foreign, strange land to somebody else. Yeah, for sure. Which is like kind of weird. But yeah, at the same time, you awesome. know, we're, we're doing the same work and we're, you know, we're talking about the same kind of stuff. So, so what me. about, what about tracks in the U.S.? Like, is it is it still, is it just not at like a high level like the the Germany track, or what's the like the biggest difference? I mean, so the reason why we go there, we used to go in Germany, is because that's where all the like car magazines, like that's where like everyone wants mm. to know the Nurburgring time. So like that's kind of oh, how okay. they, that's kind of how you like car magazines and those kind of people who are really big in cars. That's the like way you compare, you know, a Ferrari. Yeah, that, that's a standard. I see. Yeah, and so it's like, and it's a tough track. So we'd be testing, we'd do our testing for, for like two weeks, and then at the end of that, um, GM would like run out the track, and and they'd set their their fast laps, mm. which is always interesting. And a couple of the times they had like, you know, like Le Mans professional race car drivers come and and like be out there and talk mm-hmm. to us. So it was always kind of it was kind of cool. You get to meet like famous people. So it was always a. Did you guys have professional drivers at the company you worked at, who you just like test drive the cars? Sometimes it was normally it would just be, um, you know, engineers, and usually those engineers are like semi-professional drivers. But oh word! Every once in a while, I think because yeah, so there was there was they had they released a documentary not too long ago, but they had. Um, about your company. About the the trips to Germany we used to do. Oh. Because they sent the film wow. crew. And uh, I think I, I showed you that little clip of it. Oh, yeah. Like, I thought that was like a little advertisement for your, for whatever so you guys like, were doing. I didn't know that was a documentary. It was like, well, it was like mini documentary. It was like 10 minutes long. Nice. But yeah, so because they have, they, they had like the camera crews always would come out just for those trips and they just follow you around in the garage all day doing work, which is always cool. Yeah. And, is, you know, that like you'd something, be, is that something? No, wait, hold on. You can keep going. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. <laughs> no, you're good. No, I was just saying. So, like, you know, anytime you were on your computer, like, typing anything next to the car, 
because you'd have to you know plug into the car to reprogram the the brake controller so anytime you did anything that looked engineering they'd always like you know look over your shoulder with the camera yeah yeah it's kind of funny anytime you like talk to anybody about anything technical you know just like that stereotype yeah you know what's a stereotypical engineering conversation look like you know you're waving your hand right talking about stuff they always you know they zoom right in on you and like you so that was they gotta make it epic (laughs) yeah exactly so that was funny i think it's like i think yeah you saw there was maybe like of those like you know, so there's two trips and they're four, so a total of four weeks of, of filming. And I think I got in, I had my, my 10 seconds, my 10 seconds, nice. clip in there, yeah. which I was yeah, excited dude. about, but. How long, how long would you guys go to the trips for? Like be on a trip. Like if you were to go to Germany, how long would you, the, the, how long would the travel take? How long the, tra- the travel take like to get there? No, I mean or like the whole, the whole length experience. Of the trip? Yeah, yeah, that's what it, that's what I wanted. We'd spend two weeks at the track, um, but normally what we do is there's like an off the Bosch the Bosch is the company I work for. Their headquarters is in Germany, mm. is in, Stut- in Stuttgart, which is like two and a half hours south of where the racetrack was. So we'd usually tack on an extra like week and we'd go to the office and talk to those guys because that's where like the main office was and they had really cool garages and lots of cars nice. and stuff. So we go down there and, you know, there's, there's, there's some factories we had over there. We had a plant that did the, the brake unit. So we went down there. That was right on the border with Austria. Um, so we went down there once and checked out the plant and talked to those guys to see what was going on because we had, you know, plant issues and stuff. But Yeah. How did you get into that line of work? I worked, um, what was it? Oh, when I was at Penn State for my undergrad, I, um, I did, uh, was it Formula SAE? Yeah, yeah. There's a there's like um like a build a race track, race car type deal, uh, club here. Yeah, exactly. So, I uh, I was really big into that club for my undergrad. I did the all the electronic stuff. So I, I programmed the engines and did all the oh, wiring. Shit. And like at the time, no one else really knew how to do like you know data logging. So I I yeah. I'd rig up the data log and rig up all the sensors and. How did you forward. learn it? Did you just like. Yeah, this is something it. I want to try. Yeah, it was just I'm just something I was interested in, and I was like, I just I'll just figure it out, and I'll be the expert in it. And Dang, I don't know, dude, I mean, that's I always, awesome. I always like being like the, you know, the expert, and like like even I mean, I, my job, and I mean, from my CEO is like the computer guy, right? So I always I just did all the that brains. stuff. brains. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say that. I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> I yeah, yeah, knew cool, that man. solder wires. So it was, I mean, it was cool because you know everyone everyone needs sensors, so. Yeah, you know, there's um, you know, there's there's well, there's a wind tunnel up in Buffalo. I used, I used to have to go to with the aero guys because they needed somebody to get pressure data for them. And I used Word, to go man. to the Dungeon Dinos and because they needed someone to program their engines. And I don't know, so I kind of got to do a little bit of everything, which I like. Yeah, a lot. man, you got into like a really valuable position. Of, yeah, of yeah, stuff. <laughs> it ended up being yeah, exactly like you said because I mean everyone needs computers now. Everything's yeah. computerized, so I got into that and the company. So, anyways, the company Bosch they they sponsored a lot of the. I mean, basically, like most people, not most, but a lot of engineers who work on cars, like automotive engineers, like they did Formula SAE. Mm. You okay, know, undergrad. Good, it's a big, it's a big, big, big recruiting tool. So, uh, that makes sense. So All right, they, uh, kind of, kind of zooming out. Um, what do you think your greatest strength is? greatest strength yeah in general 
I think maybe just openness to learn things maybe like mm. you know I feel like I think it's with anything right like you can always like there's always stuff to learn I think it's just being willing to like learn is, is really important yeah I think that's just, true it kind of just opens up like more opportunities and with anything right with yeah I think that's a good mindset to have like the willingness to learn yeah and I don't know just just willingness to like just accepting the fact that you're gonna fail the first 10 times you try anything and you just gotta keep going right because everybody's yeah, terrible dude. at everything the first time yeah I'm I'm pretty surprised that like how you got into the the car testing stuff and how you just wanted to be the person who did it and you didn't know anything about it yeah like, that's that's pretty sick man <laughs> like, I, I, I want to like, do that yeah I think that's kind of the key I mean I didn't know I didn't know anything about cars when I got hired there I like I didn't have a car through my whole undergrad so like oh, and wow. everyone I worked with were like I mean there were guys who were like you know second third generation automotive engineers you know and they knew everything about everything with cars, but you know, I I found my niche, right? Like being okay. Yeah, yeah. I was I was I was the computer guy, so I was still I was still you know useful. I think, which was I think important. Yeah. Do you think you'll go back to the car, like the car industry? I I, I have no idea, honestly. Like it was sort of weird. I mean, the pandemic didn't help, but like a lot of the people that I used to work with, they all they all moved the same kind. Of, I, Basically the same, basically in that like two, three month window, kind of everyone that I, I, I used to like working with and hung out with, they all, they all moved to either to like California uh, or just kind of all over the place. So dang. I don't know. I, I like working, I like working there, but at the same time, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. And I sort of like, I mean, I don't know. I kind of like my, like my family's all in Scranton, PA. So like Northern, Northeast PA. And I want it be nice to be kind of like somewhere on the East coast. Right. Right. But I remember you telling me you wanted to travel for work too, right? Yeah, like you wanted yeah, yeah, to travel yeah. a lot. I mean, I, yeah, I like I like traveling and I like doing that. But hmm. you know, like have home, you know, kind of somewhere. Yeah, that ma- that makes sense. DC-ish area, because I mean, yeah, traveling's I love traveling. Traveling's awesome. I like you know the long trips are it's nice. You kind of get yeah. to see a little bit more of the world, and I don't know. I always liked. It was always cool when you can kind of. Just go to these like little random small towns in the middle of nowhere and like you know you know the locals and you know kind of the restaurants and kind of the local customs and stuff it was always like yeah interesting which I, I liked a lot all right how about this question what is a memorable memory that comes to mind when you think of your past um geez i mean <laughs> i guess there's so many ways you can go with that one yeah man just pick your poison whatever you want to deal <laughs> i think i don't know maybe like the most distinct memory i have was um I was, like, I was 18 i think i was 18 at the time i mean my friend we were driving to go ski and uh we hit like an ice patch and car like fishtailed out and i hit this it was this weird it was like this boulder but it was like kind of like almost like a ramp i just i vividly remember it so we hit this the car like pops up does like a 360 mid-air <laughs> lands on the Jeez. tires blows out every single tire Jeez. And, uh, didn't have a scratch on me it was oh, totaled the car didn't have a scratch <laughs> on me but i mean that was i mean far and away like my closest near-death experience where were you guys um, it was where were you guys know, it was, going it's outside scranton it was um oh. Oak mountain i don't know if you've ever heard of that one no it's a ski resort i don't know like an hour south north of um of scranton dang man 
That's crazy. Yeah. I don't know. That's... I, I've never gotten into any accidents like that. Um, I think the worst accident I've had was I backed up into a mailbox once, like <laughs> I, a year after I got my license. And I was like, man, this sucks. But uh, I haven't had anything crazy. You're a lot. You're a lot less. You're a lot less clumsy than me, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> I've, I've bumped into a lot of stuff. I mean, I, I've I've gotten pulled over like four or five times, but I've never gotten a ticket either. Oh no! I've only gotten warnings. Yeah. Yeah, I've gotten. Yeah. I think I only got one. I got pulled over once, and it was just a warning. Oh, nice. But, yeah, I bumped stuff. That was like yeah, that was probably my only like bad accident I've ever been in. Hmm. But like you said, didn't have a scratch on me. Yeah, that's good. When I first learned how to bike over the summer, I I was doing pretty well. Like I I hadn't fallen and everything. And then I came Mm -hmm. up here and I just like I was biking like crazy. And I fell two like two times in the same week right before classes started. I was like, God damn. Yeah. I think mountain biking, I've only had I've only had one fall that was pretty bad. Like I remember because I was going down, I was going down a hill and it was just kind of this really technical part that had like, there was big rocks and big ruts and some tree branches and stuff. And it was kind of a steep hill. And so uh-huh. I got down that and I got down that just perfectly fine. And I was really happy with myself. And uh, so I had this moment of like, yeah, I just like, I just killed yeah. it, you know? And yeah. uh, my, so then my, my foot, my back foot slips and oh. it gets caught um, kind of my heel, like slips kind of at an angle in it hits the tire my rear tire oh and it just popped up just popped the bike up and i went all right over right the handlebars so yeah like dude that's so scary i probably went like two three feet and almost hit a tree it was, it was like again I, I think i had some scratches on me it was i was fine but that was another one where i was like ooh. yeah i was mountain biking a little bit over the over the summer too there are like these really rinky dink trails that are they're nothing special, but I took my my mountain bike on, and mm-hmm. I was just like, it's so tiring, man. Like, oh, it's it is so hard. <laughs> I think like yeah, like there was like you know, it used to be like a seven mile loop maybe, and like I mean seven miles on a bike is like it's not that much, but it would take me you know two three hours, and I would be yeah man dying. I mean I personally I like the like little rinky dinky uh, mountain biking trails better anyway sometimes. Okay, that was the only trail that I biked on. Like yeah, those. I mean, because because you do some of them, and they're like really steep, and going up and down mountains is like hills. Yeah, and stuff. it's so exhausting. But I like the ones where uh, you know it's mostly flat, and there's a lot of like the the banked turns, and you can kind of just kind of mm. weave through the forest. Yeah, do they have a, a nice lot of flip. those? Do they have a lot of those in Michigan? Yeah, there's a ton. I mean, Michigan's like really flat, so oh, okay. and the and the soil is like it's a lot sandier and like. So you need to get a lot more. Like that year I used to go, there's like it was an old tree farm. So it's a lot of these like big pine trees. And you can be kind of weaving in between you Word, know, man. these trees. That sounds awesome. It was yeah, it was a lot of fun. You get you get you get a lot of speed, you can kind of get into the groove and back yeah. and forth and that was really fun. Yeah, I I've kind of upgraded from my mountain bike to a road bike. I, I say upgraded because my mountain bike was tiny. Like it was for yeah. a child. But like I, it did everything I needed it to, <laughs> but yeah. my mount, my mount, or my road bike, I freaking fly on this thing. It feels so good. Yeah, I love my road I, bike. that's that's probably gonna be my next like my next irrational purchase is gonna be a road mm. bike. I think. Yeah, man. Just because 
I mean, it's it's so much fun. Like you just you send it, and you know you can go twenty, thirty, forty miles, and you just yeah, feel like so sad. It feels so satisfying after. Yeah, dude. Honestly, it kind of felt like skiing a little bit. Like when I was going fast, yeah. Or at least that's what skiing felt like. It was like kin to mm -hmm. uh, going down on a road bike. Yeah. And like I realized I needed my goggles. I was like, yeah, this is awesome. Yeah. I think I think it's really similar. I mean, when I ski, I like like moguls. Like when we went mm. the other day and they had kind of yeah. like those like smallish moguls, like weaving yeah, through yeah. those and just kind of like getting in the groove and like weaving through is I think really similar to like mountain biking kind of yeah, like weaving awesome. through the trees and stuff. I, I, I like that feeling a lot too. It's like that Word, sensation man. of speed, but you're really not going that fast. All right. I do want to get, um, oh, sorry. Oh, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say like, I, I do want to get like clip-ins at some point. Those like those that's oh like, for your, that's for your shoes for, or, yeah, or for, for the for pedals yeah yeah, yeah. For the pedals. everyone says that's like you can just haul yeah i believe I that get, you use like what the whole you use the whole leg muscle instead of just yeah, the, yeah. the bottom part all right let's move to the the final question of the podcast um sure. what advice do you have for your listeners what advice um i don't know i mean <laughs> All right, we can we can narrow it down. Um, what advice do you have for incoming graduate students? Sure. I mean, learn to code. <laughs> learn to code. That's like, nice. I don't know. That's it. Just seems like you can't you can't get away from it. I mean, and that's like, I don't know. It seems like especially for like engineering or anything like that. Like you just you're gonna have you have to program right. Like it opens yeah. up so many doors. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, the more you learn, the better understanding Dude, I, I used to be so scared of coding man like i used to be terrified of coding oh yeah but no, it's, same. Like, it's fine <laughs> like yeah it really it's is. not it's really not that bad and what because once you understand how to do what you want mm -hmm. then it's just like it makes so much sense yeah for it's sure awesome. and i think it's i think it's good to kind of understand like like big picture yeah i yeah. always like like anytime where it's like you know, like with that radar, anytime you're kind of interfacing with the real world, um, I think that's really useful because then you kind of, it's not just, you know, for me, like, I learn a lot better when, like, things have, like, applications. It's not just, like, this piece mm -hmm. of math that doesn't really yeah, do anything. Yeah, yeah, right. Or it's just this computer program that's just, it's just a computer program somewhere. But when it has to interface with the real world, I think it, it forces you to, like, really understand what's going on. And, I, I agree. It's, it's important. I think just big being, understanding big picture. Is so you like, I think so useful. I mean, yeah. Right. When you, when you kind of pigeonhole yourself and say, Oh, I'm just the expert in this one little thing. And I'm just going to sit at my desk and do this one little part. It really, it really limits you. Cause you know, it, it, it kind of limits useful, your usefulness too. I mean, we had, right. I just think of like, you know, we had programmers and they were all smart guys and all, but I think the ones that were like the best were the ones that like, you know, like would go out to look to the car with you and go ride around and yeah. get an understanding of like, oh, okay. Like it's not just a piece of code. It's a piece of code that like somebody uses and someone deals with. Yeah. Like they know how the, their piece of the puzzle fits. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, cool. And it just, I think it makes it, you can, you can make things so much more like robust and, and better. And, you know, you can think of solutions that, you know, the tester wouldn't, you know, like me wouldn't have thought of. That right. really helps the product out. So I think just, yeah, like I said, just, Big picture just having having a big picture view of, of what you're doing and how it affects Dang, you that is that is some solid advice man <laughs> <Heck> <laughs> i try, yeah. try i try all right dude well 
Uh, thanks for being on the podcast. This was a great conversation. And see you guys next time. Yeah, thanks, thanks for having me. All right, cool. <laughs>